0: That dial
1: Hello, this is Mike,
2: this is Russ, and this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Corps community. We have a very special episode for you today. In which we discuss the song 119, taken from Lacuna Coil's 2001 album Unleash Memories. Where do we begin?
0: I I my fear, my
2: Recorded for the album. The music was written by Marco cotti and the lyrics for the song by Christina Scabia. The song itself has been the subject of some discussion over the years. I've looked back over the empty spiral forums. On Saturday, March 13th, 2004, I asked the question, what is the meaning of 119? The response back on that thread on the forum reaches a number of pages now and people have been asking that question and trying to answer it for some time. I'm not suggesting for one moment that we will answer the question today, but what we're going to endeavour to do is analyse the lyrics of the song and the name of the song itself and see if we can get that a little bit closer to understanding what the song means. I asked the band in 2004. Later on that same year, when I asked the question on the Epti spiral forums, what the meaning of 119 was, and it's fair to say that. The band already knew that people were trying to find out about the meaning of the song, and Christina had this to say. Uh,
0: I will never tell you that. <laughs> okay. 119. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's the one-nineteen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> That's what we told them. Like. <laughs> I, no, I did say. I Everybody was, tries to sneak. I, I see why. No, we want to keep it as a secret. I think it's yeah, more it's interesting. On so Marco.
0: We can only say What's that. one-nineteen? <laughs> uh... We can only say that it's a distance, a distance between two places,
2: but
3: we'll never no, no, say more about no, no, that. No, 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 no.
2: no I can't no, no, can, okay. I don't I don't want to start an argument here. <laughs> <'cause I'm fine. laughs> Next question. Since that time I've asked a question to the band on numerous occasions and I've never got any more information than that. It's a secret that they keep to themselves and I doubt I'll ever know. I guess one of the questions I I have is whether I actually want to know myself. Whether I actually want to know, find out the answer to this. I guess the very nature of mysteries is the fun is in the mystery itself. And for 119, what's more fun? Not knowing and trying to discover it and speculate over what it might be, or actually knowing the answer, having the mystery solved for me. Will the mystery live up to my expectations? Because obviously it's been hyped up over the last 10 years as I've been thinking a possible solutions I'm not sure what it will what do you guys think on this subject the mystery of 192 do you want to know
1: I'm not sure whether I do want to know I think it's one of these things like the Golden Fleece or the Ark of the Covenant that people are trying to find or find the answer to something that may not exist or may exist and whether it will be one of those things that you would like to know or whether it be a big letdown I personally think that it's good that it keeps people guessing and it it might relate to nothing or it might be something very meaningful that they like to keep private, and hence they have kept it private for so
2: long. What about you, Russ? Uh,
3: sim- very similar to what you've both said, really. Um, interestingly, we'll come on more to the discussion in a minute, but I've been listening to this song now for the best part of, what is it, 12 years, and it's only just a minute ago that it struck me that could it possibly be a biblical reference from the Bible? I've never thought of that.
2: But that's another thing to possibly consider and discuss indeed indeed i've seen i think it was on the the empty spiral forms a lot quite some time ago that someone suggested that maybe the name itself is a reference to a passage from the bible but again it's pure speculation isn't it so would you want to know if you got the the opportunity would you want if and they said okay we'll tell you now would you want to know
3: I think it's it's better as it is. It's nice to speculate, but you know, keep the mystery as the mystery. That way it's open to interpretation and it can mean whatever someone wants it to mean. All
2: right, but let's ask ourselves the question at the end of this discussion, shall we, and see if whether or not we've driven ourselves into a corner and we really do want to know. What I thought we would do is go through the song itself and look at what each of the lines represents, because there's not that many lyrics to the song, but each of the lines clearly adds to the overall theme of the the story that we're being told. And then what I'll do is I'll um, I'll read out some lines from a dissertation uh, about the lyrics and what they mean, but I'll explain that when you come to it. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? The first line of 119. Starts with, a ray of light annoying as a cold breath in the eyes. And then quickly follows on with, water falls down. So what do we think about that? What does that evoke to you guys? What does it mean? Thoughts? It's
3: We spoke many, many at the time on the podcast of imagery and first impressions. And when I read that, more when I read it than actually I listen to it as part of the, the song as a whole. I get the vision of, sort of someone either it could be male or female sort of in an inner city somewhere um and it's it's raining there's sort of some form of neon lights so i'm not saying it's you know it's, it's blade Runner here but it just sort of conjures up that that sort of image to me
2: anyway right you mike
1: i get the opposite of somebody almost uh like in a mythical forest like place and the water falls down well literally it's kind of like a waterfall and they've just kind of woken up in this, this place that they're in. So it's kind of the opposite of what Russ says.
2: For me, I, I get a sense. I, I don't necessarily get a sense of the location at all. Mm. Although it might, it, it might evoke an urban environment. But that's kind of. I'm, I guess I'm talking about the next few lines rather than these ones. these, just just these lines. For me, I, I just get a sense that something's. Light is stabbing into the eye of the person. Maybe it's sunlight, maybe it's headlights, and this kind of comes onto the sort of second lines, which I'll we'll come to a minute. I do notice though that the last word of the first line is eyes, and then the second line says water falls down, which kind of makes me believe that actually the water itself might be tears.
3: Mm, good point. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that that's kind of what I get out of those first two lines. All right, let's move on. Then we then get the the words lights around are flashing. And in meat, a razor blade, water falls down again. So what do we think of these?
3: Again, the the lights around the flashing, which is where I've always taken from the lyrics, it's sort of a, a nighttime setting. Now, it could be any form of light, it could be sort of emergency flashing lights, it could be lights on a building, it could be someone passing something. That's what that's always conjured up. And then the in meat, a razor blade there's obviously you can take the the standard approach of thinking well is it sort of a butcher shop or something like that but i've always talked taken that as some form of sort of what's the word i'm looking for metaphor for sort of some form of suicide or some form of self-harm without sounding too morbidly depressing and the meat is someone's skin in our
2: arm mm. yeah I, I agree with you what about you mike
3: yeah i
1: would agree with both of you i think that that's kind of moving on that's what it's uh, symbolising
2: yeah I, I, so the lights around are flashing I actually see them as kind of ambulance lights right because the idea that they, when it yeah. says around they're going around in a circle but they're flashing in that way that yeah, yeah. ambulance yep. lights do yeah so an animator raised player that to me is so significant it's probably the single most significant line in a song about the very about the subject of the song itself And this is, I kind of think it's almost like a main clue as to what the song might be about. And I I do get a sense that someone has cut themselves, or certainly cut something. You know, could it be a murder? Could it be an accident? But there is definitely a sense, and I think that we're going to draw on this time and time again throughout the song, of there being a kind of a suicide theme here, or at least an attempt at suicide. This is very morbid, and I think we should warn people now that this, this, the very nature of 119, certainly the way it comes across to me, makes it a very, very dark subject, so mm. you know, if, mm. if you're going to be offended by this, this subject matter, I suggest you turn off now. And then we've got the emphasis of the water falling down again, which is a persistent, so it makes me, suggest, makes me think that again, the Maybe time is passing, whilst this is all happening.
1: Do you also think that the light could be that um, it's the, the own, their own consciousness of the actual person, where they're drifting in and out of the their own their own light of being conscious or something like that? Perhaps. Yeah, I, I, I,
2: think, that's, yeah. I think that's. an a equally good suggestion.
3: I mean, one thing that Matt just mentioned, obviously the the possible subject matter of it being a murder. Now, not saying all the all the songs on the album are inextricably linked but you could sort of hark back to when a dead man walks you've got a man there on on death row who's committed a murder is it again another you know internal reference to that particular event could be not saying it is but it could be it
2: could well be yeah yeah it could well be all right let's move on so the next lines seems to be the day i cannot handle this listen to the music in my mind for a while to me the first line is interesting because it We'll see in a minute that it connects back to a, another line. Seems to be the day. So there's a context of time there. And I, I get a sense that whoever is having this conversation or describing this story is on this day seems to be the day. This is the day that something will happen to me or the day that I will do something or something has happened. So it gives it some a, a kind of a lyrical context. The next line, the I cannot handle this, again for me reinforces that notion that this is something negative that is happening or happened can't handle the event or can't handle a situation which again possibly lends to the notion that this is a a suicide or or, or something that's got out of control like a murder or something. Listen to the music in my mind. I get a sense of kind of clo- someone closing down, focusing on themselves, what's going on inside them sort of shutting out the reality of the world Uh And again, that for a while kind of suggests just the very nature of it It is that it's quite simple language, almost like someone's becoming more juvenile in their thinking. Listen to the music in my mind for a while, like, I haven't really decided how long it's going to be. I haven't really decided a lot of things. That's the kind of sense I get. How about you? Mm, It's very
3: suggestive and contemplative on this particular verse or line.
1: Yeah, definitely, and they also oh, something else I've just thought of, which um may have no relevance to anything with it, um but equally could do. The um one nineteen itself is that um a hidden thing like the uh, the way that uh, Americans do the date, whether it's one nineteen as in the nineteenth of January, could could be like the day or time frame that it all happened, whatever happened
2: yeah could be that as well absolutely moving on then we get the second section of this which seems to be my hour my shell has disappeared swallow wells of dust into my mouth again more sense of we focus now on a day and now we're focusing on a time so things are getting shorter this is the event this is my time my event this is me it's very much kind of attention draw it to me Mm -hmm. and then we've got my shell has disappeared that that that's quite evocative. That's like my protection has is gone, isn't mm. it? It's like I don't, I've no longer got that protective shell around me to protect me from the world. Or maybe it could be argued that it's ignorance, as in ignorance has gone. But I get more of a sense that I'm, I, I've lost that protection, which everybody has. Everybody has that sense of, you know, I, both emotionally and physically, people protect themselves from the situation around them and this to me is like someone's completely opened up and maybe lost that sense.
3: You could look at it the other way, is it a sense of, is it a false shell, like a sense of security like putting up a wall against something event, and events happen and they've sort of lost that so now they're sort of bare and isolated and exposed so again it's like any line that we dissect, there's sort of a you know, a 180 sort of opposite to, you know, open it up to suggestion. But the ne- the next line I think is great. We mentioned it, it's just pure poetry.
1: Michelle yeah. could also be um, though that person, as in their body being the shell, and seems to be my hour. Could be the last moments of their life that they're slowly disappearing from.
2: Yeah, yeah. And just shallow wells of dust into my mouth. What Which, is that yeah. dust? Yeah, is that is life? that
1: then de- the last breath and everything leaving them? Yeah, is
2: it a bitter taste? Yeah, I mean, there's one way of looking at it. You could argue that this is someone taking a drug. Mm. Um. I don't necessarily see that, but that may be just a short form, I think. You know, you could, there's definitely that sense, if you're taking a powder into your mouth, then those shallow wells of dust. Or is it that kind of, the taste of dust in your mouth is something, that bitterness you have when people talk about the world, in a, you know, just all that's left is dry dust, dust in the mouth. Maybe it's something mm. like that.
3: I always took these three lines as being sort of some form of reference to sort of the death and a funeral seems to be my hour it's that time like say a time of cremation my shell has disappeared the body's burning and then the the swallow whirls of dust into my mouth which is just the corpse and as it burns the dust sort of you know implodes within sort of the mouth of the body mm. again we're going back to,
2: to morbid discussion but it's just the imagery that it conjures up
1: yeah
2: some serious words there aren't there really that just that those few lines just lead us down certain paths and they're not particularly positive ones. But yeah, it's no picnic, is it? No, it's definitely <laughs> not a picnic. But it's wonderful, I know. Yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's, as you say, but it's wonderful, I know, but it's wonderful, I know. This is interesting because it's, it's, this is where I think the, the, the song s- forks somewhat. It's like it's becoming a conversation at this point. A dialogue, whether it's internal or external, but is uh, but because we have that line, but it's wonderful. I know, and that gets re-emphasised, and it, so irrespective of everything else, something is great. Some there is a delusion about the event that's taking place, and again, is that someone reflecting on what they're doing? I don't know. It's just it's for me. I find that quite confusing, and yet massively evocative. What's your thoughts?
3: I sort of view that as a line that's there. Almost to sort of again create confusion, and it causes a talking point because it's it counteracts everything that's come before it.
0: Hmm.
3: So I wonder, is it is it there purposefully?
2: What purposefully from a song perspective, or from a lyrical
3: perspective? It sort of it stands out that line, plus the fact that it's just it's a single line on its own, rather than sort of the, the couplets of everything else. Now I know it's been there as, as a chorus as well, but it's just very very different to the rest of the rest of the lines.
2: It does get emphasised later on in the song, though, doesn't it? It's, like, it's mm. repeated, and it gets more desperate, doesn't it? It's wonderful, I know. It's wonderful, I know. Oh, it's wonderful, I know. And, you know that's. It also away.
1: acts as a bridge, I think, between the initial start of the song mm, yep. and leading on to it. It's like definitely the, uh, the light and the dark side of, of things, I think, possibly that you've got everything leading up to that point and then everything after that point. It definitely uh, sets the, uh, the benchmark to divide the song up.
2: Let's look now at the chorus then. So we've got, starts off with, Hiding all my fear. My nightmare is becoming real. Take a look at me. I'm a loser. So what sense does that give you, that lyric, all those lyrics, those lines? I and mean, what's this fear of? What is it? F- fear of what's happened before or fear of something? Well,
1: fear of themselves, possibly, or mm. fear of some action that they've taken it's uh it can be read either way i think that the nightmare is becoming real is that them self-consciously thinking about themselves and the way that they're becoming as a person or is it an act that they've done to themselves or whether they've done to someone else like we've said a murder perhaps or something else
3: mm. again i've always taken this as sort of lines of isolation and you know
2: self-loathing for want of a better word so what is the nightmare then? Is the nightmare them recognising that they can do nothing about this self-loathing, or is it something else? Good point. Good point. I don't have an answer. Oh, <laughs> no, so I always but... I did. And then, of course, we've got that, that the third line, take a look at me. This is attention-seeking, isn't it? It's Look at me now, look at me. Yeah. Uh, I want you to see me for what I am right here, right now. And then you've got I'm a loser. That is very attention-seeking, isn't it?
1: That's like a killer saying, come and get me, come and get me, yeah.
2: almost. Or or is it the attention that someone in the throes of committing suicide does to themselves? You know, yeah, pe- that needs help. People stand on top of roofs and, you know, take forever. Look everything. at me. Yeah, yeah. to throw themselves off. But they don't just go up there and do it. They will they stand up there and they'll... They say, look at me
1: until a crowd's gathered and then they yeah. leap off.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that yeah. attention. It's like someone who is... Never had that attention before, or demands it in the most negative way possible.
1: Yeah, but there's a shadow the in
2: society. Yeah. You know, this. I, I don't know much about people that self-harm. Uh, I apologize if I offend anybody, but uh, how much of that is to draw attention to oneself? It's interesting. don't know. So let's move on. So the second part of the chorus, hiding all my crimes and then forgetting all my ideas. Take a look at me, I'm a loser. So hiding all my crimes. So what are these crimes?
3: again it sort of follows on from what we've discussed sticking with the sort of the imagery of self-harm it's the hiding all my crimes are they sort of covering it up they don't want people to know like their peers or their friends forgetting all my ideas are they trying to stop And it comes back to the you know the cry for help or the attention of take a look at me and then i'm a loser so it sort of it comes full circle almost really to what we've just discussed
1: yeah hiding all my crimes could be hiding their arm or something that uh they're They've taken a shine to cutting themselves with, yeah. hiding all your crimes, you're covering your arm up, you, you're hiding it away from the world and the problems that you've got.
2: And of course, these might not necessarily be real crimes, they could just be self-perceived crimes. Yeah, yeah. You definitely. Know, I, I'm not good enough, these are my crimes, I, I've not made enough impact on the people around me in a positive way.
1: Yeah, or the world in general.
2: Or the world in general, yeah. Yeah, or maybe the, the world believes I'm capable of these crimes, but... My crime is that I've never defended myself against any accusations that might come my way. That's all very, very negative emotions being brought to the fore here. Take a look at me. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. This continues, of course. Uh, we get a repeat of this, the chorus. We get a break in the music. And then we get... Um, pretty much the end of the song which continues through I'm a loser repeated uh, multiple times until finally we just get it's just an illusion what is the illusion what is this illusion that the person's a loser or something else
1: or it's the illusion that
2: they think they are and they've got more to offer in the world maybe yeah perhaps Mm. that's quite a positive statement if Mm. it is if it is that perhaps all, for all the negativity and all the darkness we've witnessed to this point in the song are we now saying that all of that is an illusion or is that person saying the person I should say saying but it, when at the beginning we hear those lines it's wonderful I know maybe that's the illusion
1: mm.
2: so where does that leave us we've got to the end of the lyrics in this song I don't have a consistent theory and I think as I said at the beginning I don't we're not going to come out with a something which we know to be fact but there's yeah. certainly a lot of supposition to be I think we've right. had a good
1: go at it as well, I think it helps that we've the three of us have discussed it and we seem to have a similar train of thought of where we place ourselves as to how we perceive the song mm. to be
3: was something that I found that was very interesting, I sort of put my uh, my geek mode on and now I'm not a religious person in any way, shape or form, not to offend anyone, don't read the Bible, don't go to church, but in sort of what I mentioned earlier in the, the possible reference to the to the Bible in terms of this 119, which is written similar to, you see, sort of scriptural references to the Bible, I looked it up and the line in the King James Bible under verse, I think it's 1 and then line 19 is my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry and that sort of again it almost ties back to what we've just been discussing about sort of the the self-harm and the person and sort of in that contemplative mood could just be me but it just it just seems to tie together
2: yes coincidence Mm. or otherwise it's certainly Mm. very interesting isn't it Spooky. Spooky indeed. (laughs) I said at the beginning that um, I had a dissertation, so let me give you a bit of background. Whilst it's, it's going back a number of years now, my wife... Who was had to suffer, as it were, my passion with Lacuna Coil and the lyrics and the running the Empty spire on forums and, and a website. She was doing a degree in, in English literature and creativity and she had to write a dissertation. And she chose as part of a, a writing, a creative writing, I should say, um, assignment to examine 119, the song 119. Now I have the dissertation in front of me and I'm not going to bore you all with the reading out the whole thing, because it's quite a long piece of work, as you can well ima- imagine. But what she does is she, she spends time analysing the lyrics. So I wanna, I'm just going to read out to you, and I apologise for the... Uh, well, I apologise for my reading if it's not particularly accurate, but I will, I'll do my best to read out some of the lines or some of the statements she made about the song, specifically the lyrics. She says, The text begins with the statement, Ray of light, annoying as a cold breath in the eyes. The definite article is missing from the beginning of the sentence. As the subject, verb, object order is in place, extending by the use of a simile as indicated by as, it does not feel particularly deviant from standard sentence structure. The initial line sets the tone for the whole text primarily through the use of the word annoying that alerts the recipient to the possibility of an emotionally active, depressed or aggressive schema. There is no relation to a specific individual in this line and the reader is left to infer the overall subject. This is borne out by the second line, water falls down, which is a myriad of social-cultural medians, perhaps indicating the actual substance water, rain or tears from the eyes mentioned in the previous line. Again, the SVO is in order, but the fragmentary nature of the sentence begins to promote a feeling of dislocation, as it is not definite what is meant or how to interpret the inference. Both lines are sung by a female voice. The second to fifth lines are sung by a male voice, which opens a dialogue within the song. This is one of the few places where the male voice is dominant thus establishing a relationship of power within the turn-taking which i shall return to later the sense of dislocation is further extended in these lines as lights around are flashing again lacks a point of reference one is left unsure of where the lights are in relation to the subject their source or even if they are real the line is extended into and in meat a razor blade where the SVO is inverted to extend a deviation created by the lack of a specific human subject. As yet, there are no- there are no personal pronouns. This reversal of order also foregrounds a razor blade, giving the recipient a clue to the situation of the subject of the text. The homonym of meat and meat, that's M E A T and M E E T also promotes the inference of suicide. Water falls down is repeated again which foregrounds the event and schema and provides some kind of contextual setting depending on the interpretation of the recipient. So far, the lines are not possessed a specific voice. Written in the present tense, they exist as descriptors of emotions and events, but lack addressivity, in which they have no perceivable addresser. This creates a referential vacuum, where the recipient cannot link these images to any individual or definite experience this kind of vacuum allows the creation of a sense of isolation that would probably be recognized on a social cultural level by a westerner or listener or reader as relevant to a depressed or suicidal individual thus permitting recipients to construct their own terms of reference by not ascribing the event to a specific time place or individual the author has used the referential vacuum to create the potential for the text to mean much more to each individual the next lines deliver a non-specific temporal schema: the day and while resolving into hour, which narrows down the location to an unnamed hour in life. There is a repetition of seams intimating uncertainty, elucidated with the social, sorry, suicidal social cultural implication of the subclause. I cannot handle this, but creates a specific colloquial image to the perceived Western recipient. There is an introduction of personal pronouns in these lines. Concordance reveals that I appears once, and my appears four times in five lines, thus extending the introspective isolation of listen to the music in my mind for a while that facilitates the extension of the isolation created in the first block of lyrics. Subject introspection is reinforced in the recipient now has a reference point in that the lyrics are voiced in the first person the metaphorical my shell has disappeared pushes the social cultural creativity one step further as the recipient potentially infers that the subject of the text has had all their emotional protection removed and is therefore emotionally vulnerable in a similar way to a mollusk extracted from their shell would be vulnerable to their environment The line, swallow wells of dust into my mouth, deviates from the watery imagery of water falls down and even shell, breaking the metaphorical schema established by the female voice, perhaps indicating death, emptiness, or simply indicating the presence of another force, potentially the male voice, and introducing the concept of conflict which follows. The next line, but it's wonderful i know is split between the male and female voice in tone it is expressed as persuasive language with the first utterance being defined male and then female and subsequent repetitions having both voices on but it's wonderful and the female voice solo on i know each repetition gets more forceful until the female voice takes the foreground dominating the chorus this could be interpreted as an argument between two individuals but i also contend that it could represent an internal argument this is supported by the entirely self-referential nature of the personal pronouns used in the preceding lines specifically the repetition of my in the second block of lyrics the turn-taking is foregrounded here as initially the male voice is distinct but is then oversung by the female voice as the turn is grabbed and dominated once again by the I-narratorial lyric. Vimmer hermann suggests that turn grabs can have different functions, since interposing oneself in an interaction uninvited and against the rights of individual speakers can either be self-orientated to promote one's own interests or other-orientated. Hermann, 1998 and I contest that it is a self-centred function of turn-grabbing, which is utilised here as the recipient witnesses the internal struggle of the subject of the text represented by the interplay between the male and female voices. The chorus, performed wholly in the female voice, then extends the self-centred notion with my appearing four times i'm twice and me twice in eight lines producing a dense focus on the personal pronoun use the chorus ends with a repetition of i five times that serves to reinforce the creation of introspective isolation further the social cultural significance of the i self or ego is not lost on a western audience the thinking of freud in his 1923 structural theory are relevant in this interpretation of the ego or conscious mind deals with the reality of suicide represented by the female voice and battles with the super ego or partly conscious partly subconscious mind dealing with the moral center of society and i therefore suggest that the subject's cultural influences is represented by the male voice even if the recipient were unaware of the actual terms for the conflicting voices they will be culturally familiar with the concept of an internal struggle there is a repetition of hiding that possibly intimates that the recipient is privy to the innermost torments of the individual the tense shifts and some rhyme is created by the use of ing endings the shift in tense creates the potential for interpreting the argument as close to conclusion. The female voice is making definite statements, which may be interpreted as past, present or future tense. Hiding all my fear, my nightmare is becoming real. Come on, take a look at me, I'm a loser. Hiding is imperfect past or present. Becoming is future or present incomplete. And look at me is present. This confusion of tenses creates an interpretive instability in the recipient, further elucidating my theory that the ego and super ego are in conflict. One is left wondering where the decision is set in the temporal space created by the day and hour of the previous lines, and again a referential vacuum is created, in this instance on a temporal level. Just as there was beginning to some sequential order of events, the author removes stable references to time continuum and creates further alienation. Creatively adding to the perception of the psychologically unstable nature of the item, i narrator we have been introduced as vacuum allows the second voice an opportunity to re-grab the turn and open the dialogue again this turn grab is a much harder struggle this time the female voice is present within the entire dialogue indicating that the ego is winning the struggle in turn management in drama Fimala Herman observes that power relationships within turn allocation is often indicated by the dominant voice overlapping or interrupting the second voice, stating that when dual starts are made for a turn and become a consistent ploy which does not succeed, the paths constructed by the use of such options can dramatize or enact the fact of a character's ineffectuality. Applying analysis techniques common to drama in this text illustrates the dual nature of poetry in performance, showing that a multimodal approach is necessary to appreciate the nuances of the creativity in the text that are employed in performance. In this text, the female voice becomes more forthright and and louder as the lines progress, and the ineffectuality of the superego male voice in persuading the ego that it's wonderful is realized as the female voice lapses into repetition of the chorus and the male voice falls silent. The conclusion of the text focuses on the seven repetitions of I am a loser. Again, in performance, the tone and length of the syllables are extended as the line progresses towards the conclusion, it's just an illusion. This final comment by the female voice surrounded by I am a loser leaves the whole piece open to a vast number of interpretations. Taking the turn analysis into account, one might comfortably comfortably surmise that the ego has won the battle and the subject will potentially act upon the suicidal imagery proposed earlier by a razor blade i cannot handle this and my nightmare is becoming real another possibility relies more upon the social cultural understanding of a specific subsection of youth culture known as cutters these individuals habitually mutilate their body Predominantly, their forearms with razor blades and similar tools as a reaction to the feeling of helplessness they experience. They do not intang- intentionally intend to end their lives in this action. It is a recognized psych- psychological disorder known as self harming. It is recognized that 1.9 million Americans self harm in this manner every year. Source Razor 2006. I am not suggesting that this is a valid interpretation of the text as a representation of the internal struggle within these young people, merely proposing that the line it's just an illusion, it could be interpreted as relevant to their mindset and revealing the vagaries of social-cultural interpretation. At that point, the dissertation goes off to discover other aspects. What did you think?
1: Excellent. Very good.
2: I I think, uh, not, I suppose I should be quite somewhat biased, since it was my wife that wrote that. Um, I understand that she got a very good mark for that particular text, but I think she she's through other means come to the same kind of conclusion that i came to when i studied this text and i have a sense that this is about a suicide attempted or otherwise what do you think guys where do where, do, where does 119 lead you down what how would you interpret this ultimately
3: i totally agree with um yourself and the dissertation to be honest um, couldn't put it anywhere
2: near as, as well and precise as that but yeah totally agree How about you mike
1: yes i agree as well totally it's um it's going down a very dark uh, path in life to uh to some and it's something that sums it up in the dissertation and what we've talked about today i think it's a very serious uh subject
2: brings us on to discussion about the name of the song. Now it's arguable that trying to understand what relevance the name 1.19 has to the, the content of the song is more of a mystery than the content of the song itself. I would argue that if the song's title was something which was more relevant to what we see in the text it wasn't a what on first glance appears to be a random number then the song wouldn't have become as an evocative mystery as it's become over the last well over a decade now so my question is about the the name of the song itself and this is assumptions i've made when, when it comes to what the name means now as as you heard in the interview earlier uh, they've said that the the closest they're prepared to reveal about the name of the song is it's to do with the distance between two places now on the assumption that the band are telling us the truth that christina wasn't lying to me when she said those words <laughs> because she could have been she could have been i don't, red herring I don't any... know it could be a red herring herring yeah absolutely but i'm For my own sanity, I'm going to assume that that she was telling the truth. This means that I'm left with two suppositions. Firstly, the name relates directly to the events taking place in the lyrics. So somehow 1.19 relates to what we, between the three of us, and my wife by the sounds of things, have concluded it relates to suicide or attempted suicide or possibly um, self-harm. That's the first supposition. Or the second... The name bears no relation at all to those events, and it's just a name. They 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 couldn't come up with something better, so they just put a number in there. It may even have been a number that was just used while they were referencing it as they were working on the song, and they never replaced it with another number. Has been done before. It's been done before. So it leads us on to what does 119 mean? I'm not talking about the lyrics I'm talking about the name 1.19 what could it possibly mean they've said it is relates to the distance between two places as you heard now this got me thinking we all know that the distance is that physical distance between two places as in 1.19 kilometers 119 kilometers 119 meters 1.19 whatever it might be but it can also be interpreted as the time it takes to go between two places that's not obviously scientifically correct but if it takes me an hour and 90 minutes to get from A to B could I not say that's the distance? it wouldn't be but bearing in mind that what was said was back in 2004 it was just a statement made at the time is it possible that we could be talking about the actual distance or the time it would take to travel between the two locations? I think it could be I think in this context, it is as valid to assume that that is the case as it is to assume it's just the distance. What's your thoughts?
3: Yeah, again, there's there's different ways of looking at that. I've always taken that the same as you. Um, is it a referential link? Is it sort of the number, you know, the 119 bus? Is it the 119 train? You know, is it a, is it a plane that someone took at 119 in the afternoon? There's There's many, many different references as to what that 119 could be. What do you think, Mike?
1: And, with, and the same with you too. It, it, well, there's a whole host of things it could throw up. Is it a time? Is it a date for something relevant to to them as a band, or is is there any other hidden meaning behind it? It, it throws up many other uh, questions that may or may not need answers. Hmm.
2: I always get a sense that it's is it a distance. I, I don't know.
1: If it's a distance, so where's the distance between? Well, that's and, that's
2: the question. I think. if we at the
1: that, other? What's at the other end yeah, of this distance?
2: I think if we answered that, if we if we assume that it is a distance, whether it's a represented in the time it takes to, to join A to B, or whether it's the physical difference in distance in kilometres or whatever between A and B, then we would know the answer to 119. So that's the actual question we're asking ourselves. So we can only suppose. Okay. Here's my theory, and it is but a theory. Please don't take this as gospel, (laughs)
0: because
2: it really isn't. If we agree that the events taking place in the lyrics are a suicide or an attempted suicide, if we agree that, and we agree that Christina wasn't lying to me when she says it was a distance to two, two locations, and we then suppose that the name relates directly to the events taking place in the lyrics, then I'm left with the theory that it was the distance that whoever had to travel to get to the event taking place in the lyrics. So, Or the distance to the hospital, for example. So let's say that someone attempted to commit suicide and the ambulance turned up and it was an hour and 19 minutes after, possibly after they they committed suicide or attempted to that they were discovered, or it's a distance of 1.19 kilometres that they had to travel, as in to get to the hospital, or it's a distance of 1.19 kilometres that the person had to drive to get to the hospital from their house when they found out about a friend trying to commit suicide. I don't know what the answer is. It's a very dark subject. I hope I've not offended anybody by making that supposition, but that's what the lyrics and the name of the song naturally lead to me to conclude what about sticking, you guys
3: sticking with the morbid theme that well, i seem to keep going back to i'm not this depressed in real life honestly but um, none of us uh, are we're, we're all happy people oh happy people listen to a lot of Slayer, but we're happy um <laughs> with the 119 is it again going back to the faults of suicide and as you mentioned is it a trip to the hospital someone you know, someone has attempted suicide. Have they clinically died and then been brought back to life? So have they been clinically pronounced dead for one minute nineteen seconds? Therefore, the distance between the two places is reality and a possible ascendance to to heaven or descendants to hell. And then after that one nineteen, so they've been, you know, shocked or whatever, and they've been brought back to life. That's
2: so they, another point of view. So they flatlined, they were in they that time that tunnel after life yeah. for one one minute and 19 seconds and then they yep. came back. And then they came back. It's a journey. She it said is. it was a distance between two places. I don't think we're any closer, do we? Are we? We really no. are.
1: No, it could have no re- resemblance on anything, as we've said. It could just be some random thing plucked out there, which I thinks is all part of the, the fun and the mystery of. Of us always trying to play the guessing game. Mm.
3: That's it, you know. It's an hour of us talking, you know, what could just be bollocks. But hey, it's it's all good.
2: (laughs) I asked Andy the question, why do they keep mysteries from the band? This was a few years ago now. Uh, You can tell because he makes reference to MySpace rather than Facebook in his response. And he had this to say. Why do you keep so many secrets from your fans? Why do you do that?
1: Because it's more interesting to yeah. keep secrets. So people I mean, have
2: if you to talk everything, about everything, <laughs> then there's no
0: mystery anymore. and It's like,
2: I think people like to have something
0: right. to think, think about.
1: Yeah,
2: it makes you a talking boy. I don't like
1: when bands, they go, like even this MySpace pages and everything, I think it's sometimes too much. Because mm-hmm. I like the fact that people can look at an artist as a, something they listen to go out and escape from his sure. day-to-day reality. So why they should know everything about the and discover that maybe their favorite artist is also a normal day-to-day person that does all the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. I think it's better sometimes to keep the mystery a mm-hmm. little bit and give the people what they want. So
2: clearly the bands like their mysteries they have a number of them 119 being one of course we then have the numbers on Karma Code which became as much a crusade for a while as 119 although 119 kind of trumps it in my book it's been around longer and for me I find the, the lyrics of the song coupled with the title of the song evocative, very evocative
3: a lot more mythological
2: yes indeed and I still don't have an answer so let's ask, ask ourselves the question again then. If the band gave us the option today to know the answer to one nineteen, given our discussion just now, what would we say? Would you wanna know now? Or has your have you you know do you sticking with it's fun just to speculate? What do you think, Mike?
1: Um, yes and no. Yes, I would like to know after all this time, but no, equally I would like to keep it as one of those things that's private between the band and between all of the fans, and I think that it's it's good that they've kept it as as long as they have to themselves.
2: Oh, that was quite non-committal. So you wouldn't want to know, and you would want to know.
1: I, I'm torn between two two places. That <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe that's the distance that is the one like yeah, Yes, yes. <laughs> so you wouldn't you would want to know, and you wouldn't want.
1: to uh, I, I would think now I'm leaning toward yes, I would. The older I'm getting.
2: About <laughs> you, Russ.
3: I'm I'm thinking we need to have this as a private discussion. You know. And see what happens. No one's no. listening
2: to this. This is private. Or are you talking <laughs> about private with the band?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you know, a couple of drinks in the pub. You know, get them a bit tipsy. Find out what happens. But I don't think that they'll ever give it away. To be honest, no,
2: I don't, I, think, I don't think it will. To answer my own question, I want to know. I, I, I think the mystery's fun. I really do. And, In the of time, and yeah. I, I'm going to be—I'm going to sound really selfish now, but if I found out, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. I would go, "Yeah, I know," but I'm not telling you because I wouldn't want to spoil it for everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I—I I'd, I'd want to know. I, I've both jokingly and more seriously wanted the band to tell me for some time. I've asked them seriously in a couple of interviews and then of course it becomes Matt's question in every interview people that do interviews on behalf of Empty Spiral say what's meaning of 119 and yes Matt told me to ask you this because I know it will get a laugh out of them I think if I have a meeting sorry meeting if I have an interview with any of the band members of Lacuna Girl about any subject they're half expecting me to ask the question and it wouldn't surprise me if I felt a bit disappointed if I never did so I do want to find out I do want to know I think it's I've done my time now come on guys come on you've got to (laughs) tell me I've this has been my crusade for too long. This is my holy grail, if you see what I mean, for those of yes. you who know your theory mythology. So, you
3: said your holy grail not your crystal skull. No, it's my,
2: no, 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 let's not go there. There's, there's some places we don't go. No, my holy grail. So, as a song, though, do we not feel that the mystery... Or, okay, no, let, me, let me ask this question a different way. Is the, the mystery of 119 that a bleakness about the title is about is that more interesting than the song itself has that kind of elevated the song to this kind of place where actually the song i mean this kind of leads on to our review which we'll do later of the actual song but in terms of it is it greater than the sum of its parts because of that title i think as
3: as we mentioned we discussed sort of creating that mythological reference point to the song. But I think it also works well in another way in terms of, because it bears no relation directly to the lyrical content of the song, it almost sort of, it it stops it being as, as dark and depressing, if you like, as what we've discussed over the subject matter, if that makes sense. So it sort of doesn't make the song lighter, but it makes it more of a, you can hide the meaning in that song. If that makes sense.
2: It does make sense. But does it, has it elevated the song though? Does it make the song oh, yeah, definitely. larger than life? I think, I think it think does, yeah. It, cre- no, it creates that. a talking point. A talking point that we've kind of, the fans of Lacuna Coil and the fans of this song have, have made it, like it. I guess it's always the case about these mysteries, we've made the mystery larger than life. But I think that encourages to a certain extent. And let's, let's look at the things that we've been done over the years. They used to run a blog on the official site, which is called Blog 119, which is when they were doing the um, yep. the Survive Tour. Yeah. Um, what else have we had? Of course, there's the 119 video, which I thought I might as well spend a few moments talking about. The, the 119 video, which I created during the Survive Tour in 2010 in the UK, uh, kind of sprung from an idea I had just before the tour. And what I wanted to do was just kind of create a little bit of a, a mystery really in the, in the same kind of context as found footage type films which have been popular I guess since the Blair Witch Project really. I spoke to the band about it while we were on the road and they each of them came up with a few ideas. Ultimately they were all their ideas. Um, so all the, the sort of diff- six different things that they do was down to them. Some of them were completely spontaneous. Some of them required a couple of takes all of it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, and as you can probably guess, having seen the film, or if you see the film, I really struggled. I was trying not to laugh most of the time, especially with Marco talking about... The... Anyway, yeah, but you, just, you know <laughs> yeah, we'll what I mean. That. You know what I mean. And there's quite a few outtakes still on my computer. I did the editing uh, on my laptop um, during the last days of the tour, on the tour bus, so they get, they got to see it and sort of just make sure they're okay with it and then it was after I I think it was after I got home I added in the white noise that I kind of cut off and put some text around it and then pretty much put it online straight away I think if you look on the date it's like the 16th of October which is last day of the tour or the last day I was there or maybe the day after something like that uh, it's not very long uh, it's a shame it's not 119 minutes really I guess but uh, I i guess you're looking back at it now if I was to do it again I'd probably make it black and white rather than sepia I, I'd still give it a sense of aged film But it was a fun project to work on, and it's been well-received. It hasn't given me the answer, um, and I'm still alive. So, you know, I'm sorry, I've just broken the the fourth wall there, or whatever they call it. But it was quite an interesting exercise, nevertheless.
3: So, yeah, from memory, good place to film it as well. It was in um, Colchester. It was, it was in Colchester. The the castle and the the gothic church of the venue. So very very appropriate, mysterious place to film it as well.
2: Yeah, I think it was actually... I think it was filmed over two days. So, I think it, three of the guys, I think Mouse, Chris and Marco were on in for Colchester, And then Andy, Pete and Christina were the day after in Norwich, as I recall. That's why if you look at, closely at um, Andy and uh, Pete's sections, they, it does look slightly different. Still outside the tour bus, but just the next day. So, yeah, it was filmed over two days, two evenings, in fact. I'm no filmmaker, but it came out okay. Again, it just adds to the mystery. I'll never get any closer. And it was quite... given the, this, this is quite an interesting point in itself. Given what we theorise as being the, the, the dark nature of the lyrics, it's quite interesting the way the band approach the song or respond to the song. You know, it's still something that's quite close to them. And again, I, I really want to know what it means. Maybe so I can ask more open questions about it, You know, how they come to write it and so forth. And I can't really do that until I know what it means. I'll get it out of them one day. We've talked a lot about the song itself. Is there anywhere for us to go now with this? What's your final thoughts on this song? And I'm conscious that we're we're getting dangerously close to review territory. We'll do that in a moment where we actually look at the song itself. But in terms of 119 as a mystery, you got any closing thoughts about you, Russ?
3: Closing thoughts? um, I think we've pretty much covered it, to be honest, as well as, unfortunately, opening up a lot more doors to consider.
2: Yeah, that's true. How about you, Mike?
1: I think the same, but to also thank them for for keeping it a mystery amongst all of us as fans for so long that it keeps everybody guessing as we all have discussed and it's it it works well with everything.
2: Yeah, agreed. My closing thoughts on this. So today I resurrected the thread on the Empty Spiral forums. So if you've got any thoughts on what you think this song might mean, please, please put them on there. I'm sure it'll look forward to enjoying the discussion that will no doubt result and i just feel like i'm no closer really i still want to know and one day we'll find out what the mystery of 119 is and what it actually means but i think from a lyric perspective i think i know in my head i just want to put some context around it now and want to know the details and the whys you know did it sprung wholly from the imagination or was it based on real life events that's one question that we're only ever gonna gonna know when the band are prepared to tell us
3: I'm going to put a bet out there right now. What are the chances that the band reveal the meaning to you in one year and 19 days?
2: Ain't going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Maybe they'll tell me when I get to my 119th show. This brings us on to our review of the song 119 from the 2001 Lacuna Coil album Unleash Memories. Whose turn is it to go first? Don't tell me it's my turn. Please. I always get the hard ones. I was worried.
3: I was thinking it was me, but it's either me or you, one of us. It's
2: actually really easy. We've already spent some time discussing the song itself, so I don't need to spend too much time dissecting the lyrics. Go on, then. I'm not going to. No, I've already done it. So Right, so... Uh I love the opening guitars with the bass and percussion coming in. There's a real sense of pace throughout the whole song we We get a forceful and kind of calm, impassioned lyrics from Christina, as well as growling followed by a great backing vocals from him. So in that sense, we actually get a lot of what both vocalists have to offer. We really get a sense of completeness in, in the, the different ways that they sing in this song. And in fact, i go so far to say that everything gets shown off in 119. There's great guitars. We get a great solo, which I'll come on to moment. Guitar solo, that is. There's great percussion. There's great bass. We get great lyrics. Everything just comes together really nicely. And you'll probably laugh at this. I even like the mix on the album, which is something I can't say for every song on these. <laughs> Everything just comes together. We—it's just—it's a great, great song. I just for a moment we—I just focus on the, the the guitar solo. So it kicks in at two minutes and nine seconds and lasts all the way through two minutes and fifty-eight seconds. And I think—I mean—they've they've done a few. Some of them understated. I think this is the best guitar solo on any the Kuna Kool song. I love this guitar solo. I love the change in tone. There's even a bit of jazz mixed in there. Uh, it's not really, really fast, but I think it's technically accomplished, and it works brilliantly, and it's even well supported by percussion as well, sort of, sort of binding it together and, and helping with its pace. I think it's wonderful, absolutely great. Uh, in terms of favourite lines, there's, we talked a lot about the lines, but we didn't really talk about favourite lines when we discussed um, 119 earlier. My favourite line is probably lights around a flash in an razor blade, water falls down. Because I think that really for me at least gives me the main clue about what the songs are songs about but there's lots of great lines in this and as i said i'm not going to go through them all again what else can i say the the reprise works really well i i love the sense of it's wonderful i know being building up and up and up all, all the way to the, about 3 minutes 24 in, where it's really kind of desperate sense of i know that fighting that argument it just generally i think 119 remains one of Lacuna Corps' most accomplished songs to date, both lyrically and musically. It's, it's great life. It's got so much energy. Every instrument is well presented. The crowd reaction is always great. The vocals are great. The tonal changes work throughout the whole the whole song. They're great. Um, it's, it's a great song, <laughs> that's what I can say. <laughs> what do you think? Russ, what do you think? Boom. Um, I think you've covered all bases
3: there, to be honest, and I completely agree with everything you've said. Um, Especially the solo, as you mentioned there's a couple of solos split between Mouse and Pizza, but I think You know, myself included, everyone sort of views this as the, quote, unquote, the classic Lacuna Coil solo, which is just brilliant. As you mentioned, there's a bit of jazz in there. There's sort of, you know, arpeggios in there. There's some sort of Eastern Arabian Arabic influences in there. And there's a song it's just got everything. Um, I love The Grouse from Andrea. I agree. My favorite line is, you know, lights around are flashing and meet a razor blade. It just conjures up so many images many images and i think the very very understated performance on this which definitely needs recognition is kritz's performance on the drums i mean there's some double bass drumming in there which you know it could almost be on I mean, something it's not but it, it could almost be sort of a, you know an out and out metal song and it just adds so much to the song it's a very groove orientated performance and after you've got that double bass drumming it just leads back perfectly after the solo into sort of the verses and the vocal melodies and again, it's, it's just a brilliant song all Around, round. It's, it's a classic laconical song, as you say.
1: Mike? I think you both covered it very well and uh, summarised what I was probably uh, thinking. It's a gem of a song, and I think it's, as well as old school, it's new, modern sounding as it, as it did when it came out. I think lyrically it's fantastic, musically fantastic. I think that Christina's quite—it sounds very hauntingly beautiful when she's going through the uh, through a lot of the stuff through the through the song—and I can't fault it at all. I think it's a gem of a song, and for me personally, I think one of the best songs i have ever ever recorded. And it, if you haven't heard it live, you need to, and you'll both agree it's absolutely awesome live. It's
3: pretty awesome, mm. and as Mike says, it hasn't aged a day.
2: No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. So ratings-wise. I thought about this, and you know we said right at the beginning of Unleashed Memories it was a real danger, we're just going to give top scores to everything. My fascination with the mystery, to a certain extent, overshadows the song. And that's wrong, because the song doesn't need that mystery to be a great song. But the mystery behind the song, its title, and the meaning of its lyrics, just adds to, just gives it another dimension. I think there's a real danger of me throwing out too many 10 out of 10s here and I thought long and hard about this one but I can't avoid it. For me, I have to give one nineteen ten 10 out of 10. I'm not going to give it 1.19 out of 10. Uh, the joke's gone. <laughs> but it's a 10 out of 10 song for me and I, I can't deny it's, its it's brilliance on every level. I think mean, it's, as I said before, one of Lacuna Core's greatest creations Russ
3: Um, I think I agree with you 110% there Uh, if I'm being perfectly honest it's not my favourite song on the album but that's not to say I can't detract and give it anything less than a 10 out of 10 because it's brilliant
1: Mike I completely agree with both of you. Uh, uh, I would give it an, uh, put the dot in the wrong place and give it an 11.9. But...
2: <laughs> You're not allowed to do that.
1: <laughs> no, okay. I'll, uh, I'll give it um, a very, as I would say in other episodes, a very solid 10.
3: In I that mean, case, fantastic. I've got to ask, the first time you ever heard this song back in the day, did it hit you like a freight train?
2: It
1: ran me over,
2: uh, yes. It, it was fantastic. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was the 119 from somewhere, and that's, and that's that was the, na- yeah. the number of the freight train.
1: Yeah, I'm the su- train arrived at that time, yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised, Russ, it didn't, you didn't agree with me 119% earlier. That is yeah. true. That is I mean, you missed that the opportunity That brings us to the end of our 119 episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope it proved thought-provoking to you. Uh, if you want to discuss it with us further, you know how to get hold of us. You can do so via the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can also contact us via our Facebook page over at facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net or on Twitter, which is at Empty Spiral Net. As I said earlier, the forums are open, so do check out the 119 thread if you want to uh, raise some questions there. Or if you've got any questions, just, of course, post them on the front of our Facebook page. We'll keep an eye on that as well. We hope you've enjoyed it. And I look forward to speaking to you all again very, very soon. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, guys,